Oh, hi. Thanks for joining us. It's another Tech Takeaways. My name's Paul Stringfellow, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jason Fitzgerald. Hi. So that was cheesy, wasn't it? Um, but but that, that's kind of the... Well, cheesy isn't the point of this episode, but, um, you know, I've got myself a brew. Uh, and what myself and Jason were doing, you know, kind of while, uh, while Wayne's away, the lads will play. Uh, we're just going a little bit of fun with this episode around some of the... Um, common misconceptions that, that we hear when we, we talk to people about IT. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a, a relaxed chat, really. Uh, ju- just myself and Jason, yeah, yeah. my cup of coffee, his, yeah. uh, his fruity tea. I've got, um, I've got a honey tea. Yeah, a it's, honey tea. It's lovely, yeah. Very, it's, it's, it's very fruity. Honey and ginger, I've been told. News uh, just in, it's got ginger in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah breaking, breaking news from our, uh, from our lovely yeah. host here at the Liverpool Podcast Studio. So, um, so we really wanted to pick on kind of three, maybe four if we've got time. Um, little areas where where we hear people say things about IT and, um, you know, we just kind of wanted to cover why those things aren't true. Now, some of these are things that we, we're we hearing increasingly less as people become more aware of, of um, the reality of some of the things, some of these kind of statements. Um, but some of them we still we still hear regularly. You know, we're staring clear of conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, J- Jason um, found out some, got some, some great feedback from a, a couple of uh, listeners to the podcast who who shared some of their thoughts on, on IT yeah. things that they hear. So, um, yeah. so, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to kind of stay clear of them because they were a bit conspiracy esque for from our taste. But um, so, I suppose we're kind of entitled this episode. My IT is good because. Um, so, you know, what? Do, do, let, let's jump in, Jason. What, what are some of the things that you hear? And uh, let, let's have a have a dig around some of I them. I mean, you know, we've both worked in IT for a while now, and uh, you know, we've heard some absolutely outrageous claims over <laughs> this time. Um, I think one of one of the things that we we frequently still hear is um, I've put my data into Office 365 and it's safe. You know, Microsoft are backing it up. Microsoft are securing it. I've put it into M365 and I don't have to worry about it. And um, and we still hear it now. You know, I, I think the podcast it helps. You know, we're spreading awareness that way. But we, you know, we still hear it. We we heard it yesterday. Yeah, I, I think we absolutely do. And uh, actually, before we started recording, you shared with me uh, a comment from one of our customers, probably the family-friendly version of what he said. Uh, it's your data. It's your responsibility to back it up. Yeah, he, he used some expletives yeah, in there, but he kind of made the point. My mum might listen. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, he kind of, he kind of made the, the, the point. Hi, mum. But, you know, that idea that we are so almost kind of... Uh, absconding our responsibility yeah, for something. So, over the wall. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we put it in the cloud and, um, oh, we've given it, to, so, you know, and this is true, not just Microsoft 365, it's true if it's Google Workspace, it's true if you're putting data into Salesforce, you know, that those, the, those providers are just giving you a platform. You know, they're giving you the platform to run your business on and they take care of certain stuff, don't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. they're taking care of uh, infrastructure availability. They take, it, they take care of security to a point. Um, yeah, but- I mean, to take care of the stuff that says to take care of, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you're paying for access to their platform. They take care of the stuff that gives you access to their platform because yeah. if you can't access their platform, quite bluntly, you're not going to pay for it. They want you to pay for it. It's their platform. They want to make sure it's available. Yeah. You know, they, they make sure it's available and secure enough that you can gain access to it and want to pay for it because of it. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, and that kind of, you know, on, actually on the, the, the flip side of kind of this, you know, one of the things that say, we, we talk to people about a lot is that they will question, if they're going to move to cloud, and we'll, we'll talk about Microsoft 365 specifically here, okay. if they're going to move to Microsoft 365, they'll often say things like, oh, I'm concerned of moving to cloud because of security. But I think, you know, we've probably both 
pointed out to people that this, the amount of money that Microsoft spend on securing Microsoft 365 as a platform and the technology and skill sets and engineers that they've got, you're never going to match that as an organisation. So I suppose there is a flip side to, to that. Yeah, I mean, it's true to a certain extent, isn't it? You know, if you're if you're looking at your infrastructure and to, let's take Exchange, for example. So you, you can either build Exchange on-prem or you can take Exchange online. Okay, so let's look at the options. You build it on-prem, you've got to make sure it's available, make sure that it is online for users to be able to send and receive emails. And as soon as that goes offline, your users will will complain about it. You know, I can't send emails. Can you get it back online? And that's your responsible to get that back online. Exchange Online, though, it's Microsoft's responsibility to make sure it's online so that you keep paying for that service. Yep. You know, you're not going to pay for a service that's not available. And it's a it's that kind of trade-off of saying, do I build it myself? Okay, well, Microsoft probably hire more engineers to look after Exchange uptime than what in most organizations. Um, you know, most organizations may have a small IT team or maybe, you know, one or two people to, to look after it. So is, are you going to get a better uptime through Microsoft? I would say most times, yeah. Um, and, and I think yeah. with soft, software as a service platforms, because, you know, I think it's it's important to distinguish between what is to cloud and software as a service. But for, for yeah, software yeah. as a service, so, so Microsoft 365, you know, their job is make sure the infrastructure is there for you to put your data in. But but I suppose the key thing, and, and going back to the kind of the customer comment that included expletives, but was <laughs> was the idea that it is your data, however. You know, Microsoft, yeah. if, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, yeah, yeah. Microsoft kind of have a, um, a, a document which is the almost kind of the data responsibility the shared responsibility yeah. model is that, that yeah. that's the phrase that's yeah, what yeah. I was looking and, for and it's, it's not almost it looks like um, connect for kind of thing yeah. isn't it you know these are the things that you're responsible for these are the things that Microsoft is responsible for so I think you know to to to, to address this one head on uh Putting your data in M365 doesn't automatically mean that Microsoft are going to look after it because they won't. Yeah, and, and I think that the two things specifically that they're not going to do for you, one is they are not backing it up. Nope. So if you delete yep. that data inside of Microsoft 365 or, you know, increasingly, you know, the prevalence of ransomware, if you have a ransomware attack on your Microsoft 365 data, Microsoft are not going to magically recover that for nope. you. You know, so if somebody deletes it, um, you know, there are things like there are recycle bins in SharePoint. Uh, there are some policies you can set around data, but but ultimately it's your responsibility to make sure you've got kind of a data retention period set. And if you don't want data deleting, you can apply controls to stop data being deleted. But if you're just leaving it in there and suddenly somebody comes along and deletes a whole bunch of data that they shouldn't have done, can't go to Microsoft and say any chances, any chance I can have it back because they're just going to say no. So it's, you know, and, and then the other thing that they're not doing is they're not securing that information. You know, if you are, you know, we've, we did a, a previous episode on this where we talked about data loss prevention. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you are allowing your users to overshare sensitive information that, and you don't want to apply controls to it, again, no good crying to Microsoft or Google or anybody else to say, how did you let them share that data? Because your rules allow them to do so. So, yeah. so I mean, I think we've made a point there, haven't we? Um, it's your data. Look after it. I think Back that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, so what about um, so while, while we're sticking on um, while we're sticking on cloud misconceptions, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a, a, another good one that I kind of quite like, and okay. I think again, increasingly, we're seeing that this is that, that people are starting to realise that maybe this is not the case. But I think it's one worth addressing. I'm going to the cloud because that must be cheaper than me doing it. You know, what's what's the reality of that? 
reality uh, for me is uh, well, the reality is it depends. It depends what you do in the, in the cloud, isn't it? Um, you know, if you're if you're hiring a uh, IT team to look after Exchange, so going back to the Exchange example versus paying Exchange online. If we look at the costs with Exchange Online, it's really predictable. We've got a price per user. We know how many users are on it. Times the two together gives you the price of Exchange Online. When we look at on-prem IT of doing the same thing, well, okay, where do you start counting? We've got staff overheads to keep it online. Um, we've got the licensing costs. We've got the platform costs. We've got all that kind of stuff. So is is it cheaper? It depends. And, and the reason why it's an it depends is that there's, there's different ways to do things in the cloud. Yep. You know, we, we, you could build your own email server in the cloud and put it in and run it 24-7. Is that going to be more expensive than paying for Exchange Online? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, if we look at SQL servers, database servers are a prime example. Put a server in, the, in, in Azure or AWS or Google or any cloud provider, you're going to pay price per hour for that to be online. As soon as you say, I want that to be resilient, you're paying twice, the cost double, you run the 24-7. Is it cheaper? No. Um, and I think it's a good differentiation, actually, that there is a, there's a difference between, we talked about this before, actually, there's a difference between software as a service, which is a lot more predictable. So, you know, if yeah. you're using Microsoft 365 or Google Workspace or Salesforce or Dropbox, you know, there is a, it costs you per user per month for this service. So there's a, there's a predictability to that. Yeah, yeah. But then there's also kind of the cloud infrastructure routine so or, or routes you know i'm putting in some i'm running some services in aws i'm running some services in azure and gcp you know I'm, I'm doing that they are by definition part part of the value of doing that by definition is it gives me flexibility and scale so if i need to flex up flex down i can do that but what that also brings is less predictability in terms of cost you know and, and that and that yeah. idea that if i'm running yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we talk about this a lot when you you look at cloud migration actually that the idea that People will look at, got VMware Estate on-prem, running everything 24-7. So what they'll do is they'll just lift and shift that and put it in the cloud because, hey, when I look at the top-level price of cloud, it only costs me pennies per day to, to run that service. But when you're running that every hour of every day of every year, then soon those costs rack up. And I think I think the reality for a lot of people, and I think the realisation, so if we part software as a service with predictable costs for a moment, yeah. but the idea of that is that, if you're moving to that kind of cloud infrastructure because you think it's going to be cheaper, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you're moving to cloud for a cost reason, you're probably, as you say, moving for the wrong reasons. If you're moving to cloud because there's this feature that I want to take advantage of, and it would be very hard for me to build yeah. in my on-prem infrastructure or very difficult for me to do in any other way, absolutely cloud can be leveraged to give you that feature, give you that functionality at a cost per month. Is it cheaper? Well, compared to what? Compared to doing it yourself? Yeah, now it is. Yeah. Um, if you take and lift the whole infrastructure, as you said, you know, it, it looks attractive, you know, it's a 0.001 pence per hour. Okay, great. But times that by 50 servers, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, three, six, five days a year, that costs comes up quite a lot. You know, it's, it's it's not unheard of, you know, where organisations move to cloud thinking it's cheap. Yeah. And, you know, we're moving in, we're, we're going to do it, we're just going to lift and shift everything in. Yeah, 12, 18 months later, it, it's out again. 
you know, it's it's migrated out because the, the, it it doesn't stack up commercially. So, I th- I, th- I think it's it, it's kind of a it's it's very difficult to say. Is it cheaper? Is it not cheaper? I think that it 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 depends on what you're doing, and I think that's that's the misconception, isn't it? You know, it's that I'm moving to cloud because it's cheaper. Okay, well, in your case, it could be, yeah. um, but not in every case. So I think you made a great point actually earlier on though about you know that that probably the driver to cloud should be it can deli- you know this idea of tactical cloud use almost that yeah, it, yeah. it can things that are really difficult for me to do in my own infrastructure on prem right now cloud can you know cloud can do scale cloud can do geolocation availability in in ways that's Absolutely, really really hard yeah. on prem if, if if you think about a a, a shop. It gets busy around December time because it's Christmas, you know, November, December time, that infrastructure needs to flex up. And then in January, February, it needs to flex back down. Cloud's perfect for that. Yeah. It's a predictable cost model when it scales up and it's predictable when it scales down. That's tactical cloud. Putting it in to run 24-7 on a service that's scaled large to begin with because you're getting that seasonal traffic it's not a good way of using cloud. So, so I think, you know, almost a takeaway from from that point for me is invest the time in understanding the reality of cost. You know, if, if you need some kind of cloud cloud cost operation software, there's lots of vendors out there providing that kind of thing. You know, by all means, drop us a line. We, we can point you at vendors who are who are really strong in that space. Yeah. So I think that's a, a useful thing to be able to do. And, and uh, we, could, we could run assessment reports on that as well. Um, yeah. So for anyone that is currently using cloud and is thinking, nah, I'm not sure if I'm getting a value from this, we can run an automation tool. It'll tell us what services are being used. Are they oversized? Are you paying too much for them? We can run that. That's completely free. So, so the one I wanted to wrap up on, you know, and, and uh, you know, the, the 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 last one we'll cover um, before Wayne comes back for the next episode and makes <laughs> oh, us we behave. Miss Wayne. <laughs> uh, but he'll come back and make us behave next <laughs> yeah. time. Um, it is, I suppose, one of my favourites is well, we can choose actually. So I've got two topics. We haven't got time to do both. Ooh, mystery. So, yeah. So yeah, play your own own podcast adventure. This one. Um, firstly, I'm I'm too small, or I'm not well known enough to be a security target. Or you can go for we work in IT, so we must know everything. Which one do you want to go for? I'm going for the second one all day. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, IT professionals don't know everything. The end. <laughs> well, I knew we were short on time, but yeah, you know. IT professionals are skilled in delivering IT services. Does that mean that they are good at providing cybersecurity incident response services? Yeah. No, it's a different skill set in that, you know, you have a car mechanic and you may say, I've got an aeroplane, can you fix it? You know, it's not the same thing. They're both mechanics, but they're different disciplines of mechanics. Yeah. It's di- it's 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 different flavors of 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 IT really. And you know, it's it's it is kind of it, it's quite a common misconception. You know, IT know everything, technical about everything, and uh, they they just magically obtain this information one day by drinking from some kind of font. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't doesn't work like that. You know, I think um, you know, IT people are human beings they learn in the same way as everyone else you know we can't know everything um but you know we like to learn you know it's it's a, it's a shocker but it's true it, um, it is true you know and, I, and yeah. I think actually from a from a business point of view it, it it's it's something worth bearing in mind you know i think we we expect yeah, in organizations yeah. and we see this quite a lot that a lot of organizations 
actually do expect that IT know everything, you know, and IT, and we see this particularly in things like cybersecurity. We've talked about cloud, yeah. you know, that people see cloud and think cloud is just dead easy. But, you know, these these are really broad disciplines. You know, we, we've, we've talked in previous episodes um, that, you know, about things like AI, you know, the idea that you go to your IT team who aren't doing any work in this space or have got no, no, idea in this space particularly and say, hey, what's the impact of running generative AI inside of the business? You know, these are massive disciplines where, you know, and some of these are just new and evolving technologies. So so I think from a from an IT pro, you know, I know we kind of started off, the, the reason this conversation came up was almost the idea of, you know, we, we are the modern car mechanic, aren't we? And I said, when I was growing up, if you knew yeah. a mechanic, it didn't matter, you know, every time you bumped into that mechanic, hey, there's a thing with my car, could you have a look? Well, we get that now all the time. You know, my you know, oh, you work in IT. Now then, my phone's not working. My connection to Sky TV is not. dishwasher's broken. Yeah. <laughs> Can you fix it? Oh, what's yeah. it? Okay. It's artificial <laughs> yeah. intelligence in that yeah, dishwasher. Can't exactly, you sort it yeah. out? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I think, but, but, but I think from a business point of view, it's also hugely important that in, in, in realise yeah. that sometimes it, it, it's not a failing of your IT professionals inside of your org to be able to say, I need some help, you know, so so don't discourage them from doing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and, and I would say that for, for IT professionals, they're, they're often under a lot of pressure to deal with things that you don't know a lot about. You know, you, you mentioned generative AI, um, but you, you could say the same about cloud. You know, if you've got a experienced IT professional, you know, worked in IT for 30 years with traditional on-prem infrastructure, are they going to know everything about cloud? Well, they may do because you might have learned it. But not automatically, you know, and and I think that it's it's kind of it, it, it treads almost in a resource kind of problem. This within organisations, whereby you know you look at especially at cybersecurity incident response, whereby you say to the customer, and 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 it's often the IT team, you know, you, you you're discussing with them, and you say, if an incident was to happen at three a.m., who's responsible for dealing with it? Mm, um, well, we're not sure. Okay, well, what hours do you guys work? Oh, well, we work 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Okay, so something happens on a Saturday at 3 a.m. Who's dealing with it? Well, we would be called and we would be expected to do something with it, but we may not have the skill set to deal with it. You know, that's that's not a that's not a failing of them. It's 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 a resource issue. Do, do, do we have the skill set and the capa- Do we have the skill set and the capacity to deal with the issues as they happen? Not always, no. So, so I feel this episode has, uh, has turned into something like a, a psychiatrist couch session where really what you've just allowed us to do is get these things off our chest that we hear a lot and really annoy us. No, um, I, 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 I think, I, you know, I mean, we've, we've worked in IT for a long time. You know, we see stuff like this in organisations. You know, it's a, a lot of time the, the, there are challenges like this, but they're not always surfaced. Um, so I think it's for organisations to maybe kind of appreciate that and, you know, take take stock of it. Well, yeah. I, I think that, that feels like a good place to stop. Um, but hey, if you're watching and you've got some common IT misconceptions, you'd like me and Jason to get off our chest on your behalf, let us know. Um, we, 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 yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be happy to we'll be happy to moan about these kind of things um, anytime you like. Just don't tell Wayne what, whatever you do. So, um, well, I feel like we did such a cheesy intro that what we really should do to exit this show is that the screen should fade to dark and me and you sit in the background pretending we're talking because that's how all good seventies chat shows ended. Um, but but I, I feel I'm, I'm dropping that kind of on the podcast production team way too late in the day to uh, to do that. So so what we'll say for now is Jay Slot. Th- th- thanks for that and. Um, 
you know, thanks, I think, for this uh, this this cathartic session of, yeah. of uh, get, getting IT misconceptions off our chest. I'm going to go for the Wayne's World ending. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, on, again, on that uh, Wayne's World ending, uh, being as Wayne Wayne's uh, in a different world today, um, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll stop there. Um, look, thanks for watching. Uh, if you want to make sure you catch all episodes of podcasts, then do subscribe. Find us on YouTube. Find us in all good homes of podcasts, and you find us on GardenerSystems.co.uk slash podcast. But until next time, thanks for watching.